Today I'm going to read from the Sangyutta Nikaya. This is a uh, Satipatthana Sangyutta, Siddhaka Sutta. On uh, one occasion, the Blessed One was dwelling among the Sumbhas, where there was a town of the Sumbhas named Sedaka. There the Blessed One addressed the bhikkhus thus. Bhikkhus, once in the past, an acrobat set up his bamboo pole and addressed his apprentice, Meda Katalika, thus. Come, dear Meda Katalika, climb the bamboo pole and stand on my shoulders. Having replied, yes, teacher, the apprentice Meda Katalika climbed up the bamboo pole and stood on the teacher's shoulders. The acrobat then said to the apprentice Meda Katalika, you protect me. And I'll protect you. Thus, guarded by one another, protected by one another, we'll display our skills, collect our fee, and get down safely from the bamboo pole. When this was said, the apprentice Medicatalika replied, That's not the way to do it, teacher. You protect yourself, teacher, and I'll protect myself. Thus, each self guarded and self protected will display our skills collect our fee and get down safely from the bamboo pole. That's the method there, the Blessed One said. It's just as the apprentice with the Katalika said to the teacher, I'll protect myself. Because thus should the establishments of mindfulness be practiced, protecting oneself because one protects others. Protecting others, one protects oneself. And how is it because that by protecting oneself, one protects others by the pursuit, development and cultivation of the four establishments of mindfulness. It's in such a way that by protecting oneself, one protects others. And how is it because that by protecting others, one protects oneself by patience, harmlessness, kindness and sympathy. In such a way that by protecting others, one protects oneself. So, the acrobat, this is a picture of a couple of acrobats. You see, there's the teacher, the master, and there's a little tot on top of the pole. <laughs> so, and that's the way it is when we are connected to other people, that we have children. Or loved ones, and you want to look after them, and that's like how they're doing, how they're doing you know, this coronavirus thing. You can feel that a lot of the time. It's not an un it's uh, understandable. You know, if your son or daughter is out there working in the medical system, treating hundreds of people every day, don't worry about them. Do they really do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wishing it wasn't here you know, by practicing mindfulness. Uh, so, mindfully, one looks after oneself, one prepares oneself from being sick physically, but also um, by establishing a place, an establishment whereby you can feel those natural feelings experience them and not get caught in them.
might just get tangled and overwhelmed and flooded by these emotions and concerns. And you're protecting yourself. If you like that, you might be calm, alert. It's not that you're denying anything, it's not that you're closing off. You're alert, pretty clear, pretty grounded. You know what you do and say will be skillful, measured, equanimous, um, and accessible. That is, people can hear it. If we're just getting excited, upset, people often uh, <laughs> switch it off. <laughs> Yeah. And how protecting others, one protects oneself by practicing patience. So that other people, whatever they're doing, don't get as angry, upset, uh, frustrated. So, so then we manifest patience toward others. They're uh, excited confused, agitated, sad, and just bear with it. So, uh, practicing nonviolence, which means uh, instead of retorts, which we can come up with, oh, shut up, and stop it. particularly when people are unpleasant, tend to lash back. Is that retorting? And just stop that. So you don't let anger, hostility take over your heart. You practice kindness, bring forth the mind, because it's your well-being. Whether anybody else receives it or not is eventually up to them. But to not be able to manifest kindness is a, a sad, sad occasion. It's something one should see as the natural state of a healthy heart is, is kind. Because why shouldn't it be? If it's not kind, it's contracted or looking somewhere else. When we're tuned in to others, shouldn't we naturally be a natural manifestation of goodwill? Avoid no ill will, not aversive or dismissive or indifferent. And sympathy or empathy, take on somebody else's experience, someone else's experience, oh yes, yes, that's, yes, feel that, yes, that too. Mm. And we're not adjusting it or even moderating it or explaining it, certainly not telling someone to not have it, but just sense of empathy or sympathy is we connect. Oh yes. And just that alone is a very helpful uh, movement of mind because once we person feels they listen to that in itself just listen to and sympathize with that itself is a really settling effect it's just the nature of human beings if we're on our own we get very much we can get very much caught up in our own mental proliferations and emotional agitation and blaming and something wrong with me and something just you know, okay like that. It's like someone putting your hand on the shoulder. Just, okay, thank you. I think I've touched ground as it were. This way then, um, you know, we were able to, uh, in relating to other people, protect our own hearts from becoming um, 
irritable and dismissive or angry and hostile or um, dejected and miserable or equally agitating stressed <laughs> And how do we do that? Is because if you establish mindfulness of body, then that's the feature of it. It's, uh, it's always the first establishment because with that, then uh, you have something stable. It's not, it's not the mind. It's not the same as the mental qualities. But your awareness can cover the body. You can be aware of the entire body. And you can wear, say, that when you're uh, emotionally agitated or experiencing strong feeling, which is the second foundation, then it's likely that you get the body gets overheated or sinks, saddened, or weighed down, um, or we get powerful emotional reactions which make us tense in our stomachs or tight in our chests or flushed in the face. But if you have mindfulness of the body, you can recognize that, but you can also widen your um, aperture of awareness to include your back, your feet, the space around you. Well, that's not agitated, that's steady. And that piece is, and this isn't. Put the two together. By itself, the body and the awareness in the body together create a channel for powerful feeling to be felt, and yet the reactive effect of it to discharge. So the second foundation is feeling, uh, which always always to do with um, with physical feeling, but the most powerful is mental feeling, because uh, you know we can uh, mentally feel things that we're not not touching us at all. We can feel concerned about the future, the past, other people, things out there, what will be or should be, and we can get extremely um, oppressed and, and strong feelings strong emotions and, and feelings, and displeasure, and this emotional agitation that comes with it. So with mental feeling, it always connects to sanya, perception. And perception, sanya, is the experience where it, it gets into you and it, it um, triggers particular reactions. It's a sankara, emotional behavioral reactions or responses. Not all unskillful by any means. Some are willing, help, want to help, want to, you know, want to get going. Um, they have an impulsive nature. I suppose we all have a certain degree of impulsiveness. And it can be an impulse to do good, but it's not necessarily always that accurate to what really is good. So you get the blundering, crashing in where it isn't really appropriate, or going too hard or too fast, or. Um, you know, or taking on things that aren't really your concerns. Uh, and of course, sometimes you get the impulse to just run away or, um, or negative impulses such as um, counterattack or you know, retort or dismiss. You know? So this is where the perception triggers that sankara. And this is to do with the third foundation, foundation chitta, which is really the pivoting point. This is this is the area where uh, was we go to samsara or to nibbana. You know, it's the crossroads. You either go into 
world and the tangle and all of that and me and you and this is where it should be and I don't want this now. Or we can go to this is a skillful quality, this is an unskillful quality, or the skillful quality or it's completed ceases. The moment when a skillful quality unfolds, doesn't work and then ceases. Unskillful quality also held properly. So that those are the two directions. And so this is really the pivotal point, the Satipatthana, where the third leads to the fourth. The fourth is to do with the um, dumbness or the qualities, um, which can either be of a negative nature, such as uh, sense desire, ill will, restlessness, uh, apathy, um, skeptical doubt, mental proliferation, skillful qualities such as mindfulness, investigation, calming, kindness, you know, which are innumerable skillful qualities. And these are qualities that will arise if the chitta uh, doesn't go into reactive patterns. And if that power of sati at that place checks and uh, that jump into that, then this is the, the leader of the enlightenment factors. The sati comes investigation. Wait a minute, is it that? Is it that? Surely, oh no, it's that. Uh, and if we if we could stop the reaction, uh, the reaction is pausing peoples. And this is transformative because at that point we're reacting to all the reasons in the world to react. It should be this way, I'm worried about them, why does it happen to me? How dare he do this to me? It's all true in a way, but it, it goes to the me, you, sensara place. And if we're really seeking liberation, you know, it's never going to be a, an occasion when somebody isn't, you know, making you feel worried or unnecessary or a nuisance or something's making you feel concerned or upset. It's always going to be happening. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> There's no way to do it. That's what sangsara means. <laughs> but nibbana doesn't mean I'll oh, forget everybody else. It means we're not really dealing with people like Michitta. We're dealing with my the reaction here. Now, if I work on that reaction, then the qualities that that, that come forth will be for my welfare and for her and him and their welfare naturally. And these qualities, some of these qualities are listed here. Patience. Okay, we can bear with it. We're not in a hurry. We're not, oh, he's doing that again. No, this is the first time. This is that sense of patience. This is good for you. It'll make you stronger. It's not just doing somebody else a favor. This protects your mind, your heart from the curse of short temper, reactivity, uh, cutting corners. Uh, narrowness. Mm. Uh, so the mind is steady. Oh, steady. Oh, Watch what comes out of your mouth. Yeah. What's the tone? What comes out of your heart? What's the tone? Blaming. 
contest them, try to force your way, get out, you just know. Because it's always going to be a bond, come back sooner or later. It's interesting in this that fundamentally the Buddha is saying, well, these are aversive qualities that we first that we have to deal with. He's not talking about we see we you know other people we immediately feel passion for. Most the other people we tend to feel passion with, which is quite a, a statement. <laughs> you know, patient with ourselves, we're in positives. And so, um, yeah, so just checking that aversive meddling quality. Just check. Let things be for that microsecond because you know, quality in your mind, these are not good. And the other person, we don't really know. You're, you're, you're responding or reacting to something. We don't really know. So then what would be good for them is to be more in the world and not to you know, offer support. That's what you need to do. Consider it wise and more. And sympathy, if I was in your shoes, yeah. So these are daily practices, daily life practices. And if you're now in a situation where perhaps you know, you don't not be moving around, so you perhaps have to be with three or four people sharing a household, children, old people, and so forth, so different energies. Some people getting, you know, excited and restless. Okay, you practice patience. Because that's what's good for you. And, uh, you know, it's a kind of pilgrimage that is life. I always look at it like that, but there are these testing places where you could just go off track completely, go into the world, or the pilgrimage could take you seven years. And a few pilgrimages, but we did one in Tibet, and that was very striking, it was around Mount Kailash, um, which is, I don't know, seven and a half thousand, eight thousand meters. Oh, so you can't hardly breathe, well you can try and breathe, but there's not much oxygen. So it's really quite a struggle getting along there. And at one point you have to climb, uh, um, I don't know, a thousand meters or something. So before that you get there, you go to a place uh, where it's called the um, Chipotal, or sometimes called the Vajrayagini's burial ground. And the entire circuit is mapped out in spiritual geometry. So here, this place is the place of your birth. This place is the place of your growing up. And the Shiva town is the place of your death. Now, after you, if, you, if you get through that, when, when you get through that, you go into the Bardo, which is the between life state, where you climb this mountain over this pass, and then you, then you begin a new life again. When you come back, you know, renewed. So the Shiva place is a place where you just let go of your life. Um, I remember coming to this place, and then the, the, the proper procedure, Paul says, in this place you, you take something of yourself. Often people cut their hair, cut their fingernails, something, and 
give something of yourself away, belongings, and give them away. Uh, and you generally share merit with people uh, in any forgiveness, anyone who forgive, ask forgiveness for, express gratitude. And to me, this is like the pivotal point of Chitta. This is the place of Chitta that is, in the place of Chitta, you know, right there, there are your people, your past, your, your histories, your personal psychology and attitudes and it's also the place um, where we're aware of our death and mortality and it frightens us by and large it's the unknown we don't but we know that this will not continue and like that from us and that's the place particularly with this particular um, disease going around a lot of people touching that place where their norms their order their personal behaviors, their patterns, their routines are, are cut off, and maybe they're realizing people are dying, and perhaps the big concern, I will die. So, right there, we are now all at that place. <laughs> In a way that people don't recognize it, that's where we are. It's a place where now we let go. Because you always were going to die, uh, and your friend, mother, she was was going to die, and maybe that's going to happen. You, you can't, it can't not happen. So, what do you do with that place? Deny it, get agitated, um, feel guilty. And we let go of some pieces of ourself, which could be our friendships or our. And it's very freeing, actually, because it's not without throwing away anger. It's a sense of this was given to me, I was given this, you know. Uh, I was given these sense orbits. I was given the opportunity to hear teachings. You know, that, where did that come from? I was given this. I was allowed, my heart was allowed to use this, uh, to learn from it, um, and then one day I'm going to have to let it go. Okay, so it's not, not mine. Never was. It was always a gift. Right? Uh, and so what do you do? You give, don't you? You ought to be part of that process. Rather than hang on to it, you give. You have to give away. And to me, this has always been so seminal, uh, crucial. You know, because I was fortunate enough to be given Dhamma teaching tree and support, physical support, material support, but also, you know, a lot of people are given trust and their faith. And uh, that is something that I take lightly. And it always encourages me to you know, live with integrity 
and to live with uh, compassion and concern and to develop skills and study and practice so that it's something worth doing. So people like yourselves uh, you have always given me uh, an incentive and encouragement to develop integrity. Don't be so also don't be self self-obsessed and uh, you know, or just narrow-minded or caught up on own little life, but to try to live life in a way that is responding to to situations that, that human beings experience and responding in a way that I hope I try to align to the teaching of the Buddha. So, you know, so then having given the gift of this life and these, these terms, mindfulness, faith, confidence, energy, aspiration, they're not that mysterious. You know, with mindfulness, we bear those in mind. You know, mindfulness is not just the point of focusing the attention on a particular sensation, it's bearing in mind the meanings of the teachings. You bear them in mind and you take the responsibility to be a vehicle for that. Which means you purify in the Siddha and you also make an effort to purify your mind the body with samadhi, so it's a steady, steady body. And your mind purifying the mind with, with samadhi and metta, so it's a clear, steady, good mind. Um, and then you have something to offer. So in this way, we're establishing mindfulness of the chitta, mindfulness of the precarious nature of chitta, using the body to, to hold it, to bear it, to stabilize it. And then with these teachings, particular turn that occurs when we let go of negative patterns, self-obsession. And what reminds us to do that is the dilemma, whatever the dilemma is. And death is a big dilemma, of course. Separation from love is a big dilemma. Mm-hmm. Being with situations and people that you find very difficult, that's another one. So <laughs> these are, and then oh, I'm getting, I can't, oh, it's getting in the way. How can I get past this? It's getting in the way of my Look, the cheating is what's in the way is the way. <laughs> what's in the way is the way. Because what's in the way is just, you've got to stop now. You know, you've got to stop and you've got to look at this differently. Yeah. And, you know, you think you can't, I can't, you, you know, I don't know why, why should I stop? And you keep it. This is that grip of uh, resistance and agitation. In this way, life. Uh, you know, mindfulness protects you, you know, from going the sensoric way. And, uh, and then we all have the capacity to uh, 
relate to others in a way that is, uh, offers them the opportunity to grow and uh, to find, to learn what they have to learn. So um, you can't say, you can't tell anybody else what you should learn. You can, but that doesn't go very deep. What goes deep is when they, they meet and you're not going the normal way, then they, they can see their own struggle more clearly. If you model those virtues, Mm. Then heart to heart, people get it definitely. Mm. So now is an occasion, and uh, yeah. So I'll close there for today. Mm. Never quite sure how long this is going to go on for, but uh, I think that's enough for now. So. Uh, it's, it's really wonderful to uh, have had this occasion arranged just on a kind of spur of the moment by Peter and uh, then <laughs> trying to figure out how to use this Zoom thing. So, big animal down. And uh, just, uh, and then if you go to perhaps if you go to the gallery view, you might better see how many other people have got these over 100 people are joining in. Some people couldn't get in because they couldn't quite get the technology done. So I think it would probably be recorded and uh, sent out to other people who would like to hear it. Yeah. And hopefully we can do it again. So take care now. Yeah. Be well. <laughs>